Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It's a holiday season, kind of. Do you guys consider this to be the holiday season when we get to Thanksgiving? I do. I have never really thought about it that way. I guess I think so. the like, holiday season, I think it commences on Halloween. I think that's the wow. inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, my I, I, I think of the holiday season like this is the way I think about it. And this is very East Coast centric of me. And I get that. But like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, we always used to watch it on TV. You and then when Santa would come out at the end, oh. like that's the start of the holiday season for me. Okay. Like that's when I can really start thinking about Christmas and the holidays coming up in December. I kind of um, like that. So I guess I count half of Thanksgiving in it, but I wouldn't say like we are currently in the Thanksgiving or the holiday season. As huh. you drink Wawa, I do a snowflake Roma. cup this morning. Tis the season cup. Oh, it's blurred out on my on my filter. Uh, no I'm ads. Tyler Mon. That's, That's Sam Dykstra. Ben, when does the holiday season start? Benjamin Hill, also in New York City. You know, I don't have as a specific example as Sam does with the uh, Santa appearing at the parade, but I just look at Thanksgiving is the start of the holiday season. Okay. Thanksgiving. And then obviously that leads right into a long weekend with Christmas season in full swing. So to me, the holiday season is uh, Thanksgiving through New Year's Day, in my humble opinion. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, hit us up. Let us know. Podcast at MILB.com. When does the holiday season start? And that'll do it for this week's episode of the show. Before the- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the show before the show. We got a special one for you as we enter Thanksgiving week. We're recording this on uh, Monday, November 21st. We're recording early because everybody's got to get out of here and go uh, off to their Thanksgiving plans. If you've got us on the road to wherever you are headed uh, to spend your Thanksgiving. We thank you for bringing along with us. That's what we're thankful for. We're thankful for all of you who tune into the show for, uh, gosh, coming up on eight years, uh, which is insane. What Before we dive in, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'll be home in uh, Massachusetts. Um, I think I talk about this every year. I, I'm doing a road race with my mom on Thursday morning. In Sam's her one of the people who is uh, healthy about Thanksgiving. He burns the calories off and then he eats them as opposed to me who just eats them. Yeah, I don't, but I don't do like football in the back. Like people talk about like really physical, it could hurt yourself. Like I just right. go for a run in the morning. Yeah. Um, but no, it's great. It's the Manchester road race in Manchester, Connecticut, where my mom grew up. She's been doing that race for decades since she was in high school. So always enjoy doing that with her. The last two years, we've had to do it virtually. Um, even last year they held the race, but 
we chose to do it virtually just because my mom felt safer that way. This year we'll be back in person, so it'll be really special. Ben, what about you? What's the Thanksgiving plan? Uh, actually, we are going uh, having a little family get get together at an Airbnb in uh, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. That's fun. Calling it the Poconos. I think technically it's not in the Poconos, but uh, you know, my brothers and their families, and my family and my mom. Um, just as a place to get everyone together. I think in our respective houses, apartments, condominiums, we don't really have a good, um, you know, a, a natural host site right now. And so this is kind of a, a new attempt to, to get everyone together. And uh, we could have a whole spinoff episode about my thoughts on Thanksgiving as a child of divorce um, and just uh, how difficult the holidays could often be with, with all that. But we'll save that for you. a very special episode of Thanksgiving. I don't necessarily always have, I like thanks uh, or very special episode of podcast about Thanksgiving. I do like the holiday fundamentally, but oh man, like I, I always have to like, Hey man, it's a new year. It's a new approach. Don't let the uh, trauma of previous years approach how you uh, get to this holiday. Okay. okay. I think that's fair and smart. Yeah. And, and I think it's like that for a lot of people. I mean, my situation is specific to me, just like everyone's situation is specific to them. But I think the holidays can be pretty difficult for a lot of different reasons. And everyone has their own uh, holiday issues, despite all the, the fun that surrounds them. Uh, it is often some of the more most difficult, emotionally treacherous time of the year as well. Well, on that uplifting note, we will dive in. No, I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, but uh, I'm very thankful to be able to always do these episodes with you dudes. We get to have some fun uh, around the holiday weeks. And I mean, we have fun 52 weeks a year doing this podcast, but uh, we get to have some some differently structured fun from our normal uh, episodes of the show before the show podcast. Uh, around holiday weeks. And that's what we're going to do this week as we thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can get in touch with us, of course, podcast at MILB.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, or at least for as long as certain social media sites continue to exist. Uh, Benjamin Hill is on Twitter at Ben's Biz for however long Twitter's around. Uh, Sam Dykstra is at Sam Dykstra MILB. I am at Tyler Mon. And this week, what we are doing on the show before the show is... We have finally come to the end of the rollout of every minor league baseball X Marvel logo. The Marvel Defenders of the Diamond series will take to the field uh, in 2023. Minor League Baseball and Marvel Entertainment partnering on an exciting three-year program called Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond, featuring, featuring 96 different minor league clubs across all four levels. Uh, this past season, of course... Each of those clubs hosted at least one Marvel theme night at their ballpark. Uh, and this coming season, teams will dress up in Marvel-inspired logos and uniforms. Uh, last year's events, or I should say this year's events, uh, included minor league baseball-themed comic books, Marvel-themed activities, promotions throughout the game, superhero character appearances, some Marvel-themed uniforms, all that. Uh, and now, going from, you know, let's say an Iron Man night this year, coming up in 2023, teams will have their very own Marvel-inspired logos and uniforms. So, which of us, uh, I know it's not me, which of you two is the biggest Marvel dude? Sam. Uh, no, do I have to just admit myself? Yeah, like, it's if, gotta be you. Yeah, you can just say it, like, it's fine. I'll wear that badge uh, with pride and honor. Um, I don't know what's when your, that happens What's your favorite Marvel um, institution? Oh, that's a good question. 
it's very basic to say Captain America, but I think the Captain America movies are the best. Okay. Um, there are some other good ones, obviously, like what's happened with Thor recently has been really good, and Guardians Black of the Panther. Galaxy. Black Panther. Black Panther has been great. Amazing. Uh, I, I haven't great. seen the new one, but the I am a little incredible down on the most recent movie. Oh. I love the first okay. one. The first one is, I think, the best Marvel movie, bar none. It's amazing. Um, some you could debate Infinity War or Endgame in there, but I just I think Captain America, um, he he can be a canvas that you can just paint so many things on, because he's just strong and has a shield. Like so, there's so many things you can pour into it. Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier was just basically like a '70s spy noir type movie, like just in the shape of a superhero movie. Um, so I I lean towards Captain America. But I mean, I, I I eat everything up. Like I think Loki was one of the best seasons of television recently. Um, anything that comes out about Marvel, I'm usually watching it. So, including so, Black Panther on opening night. So we know who the captain of our Marvel Brigade is, and that is Sam Dykstra. Um, however, he's going to be picking second in our minor league baseball Marvel Defenders of the Diamond logo draft. So what we are doing, we are each picking five team logos our favorite logos from the defenders of the diamond universe shall we say uh we're gonna draft them we're gonna select them we're gonna go three rounds then you're gonna hear from josh jackson with uh ghost of the miners for this week's episode of the show before the show and um at the end i assume they'll just send us all of the merch of all five of our teams maybe all 15 i think that's how it works um that's that's my plan or or maybe the other 81 teams could send us their merch too. Yeah, and try they can to do it too. Convince us. That's know. fine. We're yeah. here to be bought. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so our draft order for this week's episode, it goes me first, then Sam, then Ben. Uh, we're going to do the snake draft order. Whoever steals a pick from somebody else will get the first laugh of the day. I also, Sam brought up the random generator thing and my name was in there last. And I was like, what a surprise. I get last. And he said, no, you idiot. I have to click the button. And then when he clicked the button, I got the first pick. So I was very excited about it. Did anybody need to uh, declare anything before we get started? No, just that apparently being a Karen works. Is yes. That, is what I've learned here. On this on this episode, I get yeah. to be as, as whiny and complainy as I want. Uh, so let's do this. The first overall selection in the Marvel Defenders of the Diamond logo draft. Now, again, we're doing just the logos because the hats look a little bit different uh, from the logos. We don't know what the full uniform spread is going to look like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but with the first selection, I've been debating between two that I want to take first overall. But I think I'm going with the Sugarland Space Cowboys for overall pick number one. Uh, Sugarland's logo uh, it is not as marvelized, I think, as many other logos, or maybe it's more marvelized in its normal uh, iteration than a lot of other logos. But I just think Sugarlands. I really like that Space Cowboys look. I like the logo. I like the concept. I love the idea of a, an astronaut wearing a cowboy hat on top of his helmet. I think it's ridiculous and great. Um, my favorite thing about it is the stars reflected in his futuristic visor. Uh, but Sugarlands uh, Defenders of the Diamond logo is very cool. They got a moon behind the space cowboy uh he's he's a little more robotic than he is maybe just like a you know a standard next generation astronaut um he's holding a baseball bat which you know in space uh balls fly almost as far as they fly at coors field hashtag coors and uh i dig it so i'm going sugarland first sam 
fire away. I guess I'm going to keep the space theme going. I'm going to go with the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Ah. Uh, because Rocket City, when they originally came out with their name, the Trash Pandas, and they showed that it was going to be a raccoon, um, I think a lot of people, including director James Gunn, I'm pretty sure he quote tweeted about this, made the connection that it's essentially the Rocket City Raccoons. Rocket Raccoon is a Guardians of the Galaxy character. Um, there's a lot you can do with that. So when Marvel came out with this collaboration with minor league baseball, I thought this could be really cool. And when they came out with the logo, it's as comic accurate as anything that's in this entire series. Like you can think of what rocket raccoon looks like in the movies voiced by Bradley Cooper. Uh, this is not that this is basically straight from the comic book pages. Uh, and what I love about it too, it's got a nice little touch in between his brow is just basically a black mark, but it looks like a rocket itself. Um, it's just like a nice, neat little touch to to bring it back home to Rocket City. Uh, I could definitely see this selling really well. I know a lot of Trash Panda stuff has sold well, um, but this just fits exactly what I was imagining the Mill-Marvel partnership to be, is take something from the comics, combine it with something that already exists, and make it something not unique necessarily, but something special for fans. And that will definitely work here in Alabama. So Rocket City Trash Pandas comes in at number two. Now, Ben, you have two picks here at the turn. Oh, wow. Two picks. All right. Well, number one, Lake County captains. I mean, Sam, when you were just talking about uh, Captain America and saying he's a, a canvas, you, you know, you can paint your own thing on. I think that definitely applies to this captain. He has no, you know, discernible superheroes. He is just super buff, very sexy. And uh, you could create your own interpretations over, you know, what, who he is and what he's about. And it just is very striking image. And uh, I like that there isn't this overt, you know, what's his superpower? His superpower is he's a really stud, he's a stud sailor. And that's really what I like in a superhero. So Lake County Captain's number one uh, for sure. And then going to the Texas League, Lake County, of course, is in the Midwest League. That's East Lake, Ohio, Lake County. Uh, then with my second pick, Amarillo Sod Poodles. I think this is one of the, the campiest uh, logos and the Defender of the Diamond series. And please go to MILB.com slash Marvel to see all these, um, get a sense for you know exactly what we're talking about here. But the Amarillo Sod Poodle, you know, he's buff. He's very buff now, much bigger, much bigger and buffer than he is in the normal logo. Muscle bound, boots, no pants. And even though he has no pants, he's wearing a belt with a huge uh, state of Texas, you know, right in the center there. And uh, so that's a statement. Everything about his wardrobe is a statement. And man, if those two could team up, this Amarillo superhero sod poodle and the Lake County super buff captain, that is a movie I would go to see for sure. I didn't even think about like drafting in terms of building our own team, our own Avengers. But now, now I really like that concept. It's not going to change how yeah, I kind of I kind of dig that too, actually. What yeah. the crossover movies would be best with. Because who well, I'm taking second here, um, I don't think would be necessarily a great fight. Although he's very muscle bound. So I'll take a bit with that. Again, going back to like what exists in the minor league universe and what characters already are already there. This team has a guy who pops out every game. He sings, take me out to the ball game. Ben probably already knows who I'm talking about. Uh, the Reno Aces basically did a comic book version of Mr. Baseball. Now, Mr. Baseball is just a thing that pops out. If you Google Reno Mr. Baseball, one of the first things that came up for me was, does Mr. Baseball have a body or just a head? And now we get an answer to that. You can see him in this Reno logo. 
Again. It's a story. It's a story from the Reno newspaper and the, the Reno Gazette Journal. And the headline is, does Reno Aces Mr. Baseball have an entire body or what? <laughs> I love that headline. Like we should do that more often of just ending a question with or what? Like what's the what's the deal here? Um, so we gave him a, a whole body. He has legs now, he has big arms, he has big uh biceps, big forearms, big meaty hands as well. Um, but he still has the same look on his face. He's not angrier. He's not meaner. It's the same Mr. Baseball that people in Reno know and love. So I love that, like taking an aspect of the ballpark, marvelizing it in some way, and especially keeping it within the baseball universe as well. So Reno's Mr. Baseball is my second pick. Tyler, you're up. I'm uh, stuck reading this Reno Gazette Journal article, actually. Um, okay. I uh, For my third pick in the uh, Marvel Defenders of the Diamond draft, when I worked in minor league baseball, there was one character in the minors who I loved above all others. And uh, apologies to the the mascots of the teams uh, for which I actually worked. But the Winston-Salem Dash mascot, Bolt, is a character that I love more than my own family. Uh, Bolt is like the cuddliest, most adorable mascot on the planet and the Winston-Salem Dash, it's like a little difficult to come up with, uh, you know, a whole lot of graphic elements around the team name Dash. But Bolt gives you an option of a character that you can design uh, a thing around. And they nailed it with this Bolt logo. Uh, he's he's kind of streaky. looks like he's flying through frame uh, at a very high rate of speed. And he's still just adorable. He's just like the cutest mascot who's ever lived. I love Bolt. I want to give him a big hug every time I see him. Uh, I am, as I've noted on this show before, I'm not the target market for the Defenders of the Diamond um, initiative just because I have not seen a ton of Marvel movies. And yet, probably going to buy this Bolt hat because I uh, I love Bolt so much. And that makes me uh, exceedingly happy. So I'm going with Winston-Salem as my second pick. And then for my third pick, uh, I'm going to stick uh, in the W's, actually just one uh, alphabetical team name ahead of Winston-Salem. I think Wichita's logo, the Wichita Windsor's logo is phenomenal. And with uh, apologies to uh, our good pal and friend of the podcast, Todd Radom, who we've had on the show, who did Wichita's um, full logo set. I kind of like this Marvel logo, even maybe a little bit more than the, the full logo set. Uh, it's gorgeous. They kept the the horse theme, but it's more like a, a full-on Pegasus, which I know is is part of Wichita's uh, graphic element for its main logos. But the wing is very pronounced uh, in the, the Wichita Wind Surge, Defenders of the Diamond logo. So I'm going with Wichita for pick number three. Yeah, I could totally see this being an actual character. Yeah. Wichita was on my list. It's not enough yeah. to get me to curse, which I promise I probably okay. will at some point. Good. But no, Wichita Can't was definitely on my list because it, it looks like an actually awesome. realized character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ben, fire away. Wait, no. Stay no, it's back to me. Fire away. You're back back to you. All right. I'm I'm between a couple here. Um, but I'm gonna go with the one that similarly, like it's a logo set that we're just learning more about, but this one I like even more uh than what they currently have. I'm gonna go with Beloit with the Sky Carp. Um again, like the Sky Carp, I really like the new name of it. I think they're they're pulling it off really well. I like the tie-in, the fact that there are a lot of geese around that area, and sky carp is another word for geese. Um, but what they put off here is just it's it's just a goose, but it's got like the aviator glasses. It's got the aviator hat on. It's got the scarf like flying behind it. It just looks really cool. It looks straight from the pages of a Marvel comic. Like, I don't know exactly what this Sky Carp would do in the Marvel Universe. I don't know like what its powers could be other than flying, I guess. Um, but 
it, it just looks like something oh, this is a different brand but like a darkwing duck or um you know we're, we'll, we may talk about howard the duck later i don't know it just it, it looks very very cool and i could see the sewing very well i could see it really clearly on a hat um it just exudes uh some i don't know neatness to the name and to this brand that I really like. And I hope it's something that they use a lot more moving forward, depending on how their response is going to be around Beloit. Um, but I just like the cleanliness of this logo so much. All right, Ben, back-to-back picks on the back end of the snake selection for you. Back-to-back again. All right. Well, um, you know, after picking Lake County's studly captain, I have to go with his sort of uh, more uh, brooding, swarthier counterpart, uh, Stockton Ports, five o'clock dock. He is another stud sailor, uh, but he's got more of a, a menace to him. You know, big. He's called five o'clock dock. He's got a five o'clock shadow. He's got tattoos. Um, you know, he's gotten into some some misadventures. Uh, you know, when he's home after a, a, after life at sea. You know, those sailors need to blow off steam when he's on leave. When he's yeah, on, on shore leave. leave, as they say, on leave. So. Of course, I want to pair him up with the Lake County captain. They're the sort of light and dark of the the uh, stud sailor dichotomy. And then beyond that, you know, this um, Stockton Ports, you know, tells the story of Stockton. Um, they've actually had a, you know, five o'clock dock sailor alternate logo for a lot of years, uh, referencing their status as the asparagus capital of the world. And in this logo, five o'clock dock looking big and burly is holding a giant stalk of asparagus, which directly ties into the Stockton Ports uh, long-term branding and uh, their connection with the city of Stockton, you know, making that connection with uh, how much asparagus they grow and then, uh, you know, ship out all over the world. And Five O'Clock Doc plays a big role in all that. And I thank him for his service and uh, happy to have him on my team. Uh, I dig it. We're going to, we're going to pause at the end of round three, which is oh, my yes. fault. Cause I said, yeah. uh, take back-to-back picks and you do get back-to-back picks, but this is like when the, when the draft goes to a commercial and you get to, uh, talk about your selection for a little longer. So it's good news for you and your draft war room, uh, because we owe you some ghosts of the miners. Now, what would be cool is if we had some sort of Marvel artist on retainer who could design some ghosts of the miners, defenders of the diamond logos. But uh, I don't think we have that kind of coin in the uh, the show before the show coffers. Uh, but if we ever were able to come up with it, we'll we'll let you all know. Josh Jackson stops by for Ghosts of the Miners, non-Marvel related. Next. this podcast to bring you another thrilling edition of ghosts of the miners now here's your correspondent and host joshua jackson Previously, 
previously tested its metal in the miners with teams like the Gems, the Vehicles, and the Flyers. And when it had last had a team, 1941, it had been known most commonly as the Flint Indians, taking the moniker of its parent club in Cleveland. But a team from the town made famous by General Motors forwarded a relationship with the Detroit club for the 1948 season, which marked the inaugural campaign for the reborn Central League, a Class A circuit in the center of the mainland U.S whose return brought the miners back to Michigan for the first time since the war. The arrows were pointed in the right direction from the start, finishing the first regular season in first place with an 89-49 record. But those arrows couldn't pierce the walls of Fort Wayne, whose generals, managed by Walter Boom Boom Beck, popped Flint in the semifinals three games to two. The arrows, with returning skipper Jack Ty, took aim again in 1949, but once more, missed the bullseye. This time around, despite an all-star year by shortstop and future Pittsburgh Pirate Clem Kosherek and a circuit-best 213 ERA by right-hander Ernie Funk, the Arrows finished second and were buzzed over by the Grand Rapids Jets in the playoffs. The third time was the charm, as Flint was able to steal the title in 1950, with more help from that famous duo of Kosherek and Funk and huge contributions from first baseman Pete Little, and just a great season by third baseman Dave Jaska, the Arrows went 80-53 and 53 for a first place finish and put a fine point on their excellence by grounding those Jets in the semis and sailing past the Muskegon Clippers in the finals. But the next year, no longer playing under an agreement with the Tigers, Flint failed to strike up any fan interest whatsoever. Imagining if Josh was going to pick, he'd just pick the Portland Sea Dogs because he is our, uh, you know, he's our main correspondent. And the Sea Dogs logo is pretty good. It's, uh, you know, a a sea dog, uh, but he's got a cape and, uh, you know, the little the little uh, eye mask of superhero lore 
He's got that on. So we're just going to assign that one honorarily to Josh, unless somebody was going to pick it, in which case, Josh. No, just, uh, I, I would not do that to Josh. If we were yeah. assigning one to Josh, I would not swoop in and, and take the Sea Dog from him. Ben, was your round four pick going to be Portland? Because you're, you're, you're back up and it's round four. I, I'd, I'd love to do it just to uh... – just because just, to, <laughs> just be to hold it just to hold it for a trade because you know Josh wants it so bad yeah I mean really what I would like to see is a Josh Jackson logo for sure that would be all Same. of our number one picks Same. Um, but my next pick I'll go with uh, you know the next best thing to Josh and that is uh, Arkansas Travelers uh, featuring Odie the Swamp Possum uh, that's a alternate low or a secondary mascot they introduced uh, at this point you know better part of a decade ago you know, kind of went viral right away because he's a swamp possum, a kind of a little bit of a disturbing look as mascots go. And now that he's been marvelized, of course, he's bigger and buffer and even meaner looking. And uh, he's in a trash can and holding a bat. And I just like having, you know, this is the wild card on, on my team. You know, the, the swamp possum uh, can't always be trusted, but at the end of the day, he's going to have your back for sure. And um, his name is Odie, Odie, the swamp possum, O-T-E-Y. And um you know, my job is such that I end up going down deep into rabbit holes. And Odie, O-T-E-Y, is a reference to a guy who played for the Arkansas Travelers for 10 years. You know, different era of minor league baseball where you could just play for a Texas League team for 10 years. He was an infielder, R.C. Odie. Then he retired and spent 30 years as the superintendent at the ballpark, Ray Winderfield. Um, so this Odie, the Swamp Possum, is named after R.C. Odie. And I wonder what R.C. Odie, who is, you know, been deceased for a number of years now would think about having been named having a swamp possum named after him and now that swamp possum is a superhero being talked about on a podcast talk about your name living on in in ways you could never really ever predict during your lifetime rcod this one's for you and the swamp possum is on my team i like that that's pretty good i also love that we uh could just describe a logo and it included the phrase quote and he's in a trash can <laughs> uh sam go for it all right i'm also going to do one based on an existing mascot uh this is las vegas and they're owed to spruce the goose uh their mascot uh, who i think has come about as a result of their change to the aviators the spruce goose i was looking this up uh before we were recording the spruce goose is like a plane that was built and has ties to uh, oh, yeah. If anybody has seen uh, either the movie The Aviator or even better, the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns opens the casino and creates the Spruce Moose, which is uh, a tiny little model plane. And he tells Smithers to get in. And when Smithers refuses, he puts a gun to his head. Uh, you're familiar with the idea of the Spruce Goose. Yes. So they have Spruce the Goose, who's literally just a goose. Well, not literally. He's a mascot uh, dressed as a goose. And they've used that in this Marvel set, but it it caught a lot of attention when it came out because he looks essentially like Guy Fieri. He does, yeah, he does. He's got he's... like the orange hair that's you know pointing to the sky. He's got these sunglasses on. Um, he's reaching towards something. I don't, that doesn't have to do with Guy Fieri, but it's just an interesting choice that he's like reaching out, looking like a rock star, but also looking like he's gonna cook something up in the kitchen. I don't know. It, it it's one that draw drew a lot of attention to. Fans who love diners, drive-ins, and dives, um, and and that aspect of our culture, it fits Vegas perfectly, I think, because it's just far enough out there to be a little bit wacky, but also plays into something that they already have existing. And you know, the Aviator brand is still something I think they're trying to establish in that area. So 
getting Spruce the Goose on here is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just the guy fieriness of it, I think is hilarious and uh, definitely grabs your attention when you're scrolling through this list of logos on MILB.com slash Marvel. He's in a trash can and the guy fieriness. Two different things that we have said on this episode of the show before the show today, and I'm very into it. Uh, all right, my last two picks. Believe it, we're flying through. Um, all right, I, for pick number four, am going to maybe the most minimalistic uh, creation in the Marvel Defenders of the Diamond series, but one that I absolutely love, and that is the Greenville Drive uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. Their logo is so um, non-character based, but it is more of a superheroes logo itself. But the thing I love most about it is that it looks like an old timey car hood ornament, uh, which is in fitting, uh, tribute to the name, the Greenville drive, the franchise history, what they're honoring in that region of South Carolina. Uh, I think that Greenville drive logo is fantastic. Just kind of a stylized G with almost like a wing coming off of the, uh, the bottom leg uh of the g or what would you know be the cross beam i don't know what do you call that in the letter um i think it's i think it's fantastic so i'm going with greenville as my fourth pick and my fifth pick going back to the mascot route and i'm going to the san jose giants who have honored their mascot gigante the big giant gorilla uh is swinging uh not a baseball bat like so many logos across minor league baseball and even in the defenders of the diamond series but he's swinging a big old giant banana he's wearing an orange cape um he looks fantastic gigante i'm very into what san jose decided to go with uh for their defenders of the diamond logo and that wraps up my five sam all right i i'm as always uh, between a bunch of different ones here um I didn't even have this one on my board and then I'm, I'm scrolling through and I'm like, I kind of really need this one. I think if we're building a team, I'm going to go with the Eugene Emeralds uh, who they built a logo here that reminds me a lot of the swamp thing. Now the swamp thing is a, is a DC property. Um, so, you know, a little bit of crossover there, but just basically, you know, a um, what are they called? Why am I blanking on the, not a Yeti. Uh, Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Why can't I think of Sasquatch? Yes, he's essentially a Sasquatch. He's a big green Sasquatch, so big that he can swing a tree, and he's reaching out for you. So it's a little bit menacing as well. Uh, a lot of these logos have the their mascot swinging a bat, which obviously is interesting and makes sense on a certain level. But I just love the idea of grabbing a tree out of the ground, and that I'm so big that I can swing it at you. Sasquatch sized, menacing. He could be the Hulk of this entire group if you want to go that way. He's a little bit leafier or furrier. Can't really tell what he's made of. Um, let's go with leafier. I want to. I like the idea of him being made of green stuff. Uh, but the Eugene Emeralds, uh, big fan of that, and I think adds some heft to the team I'm building. Wow, is this it? We've reached the end. With, we have. Uh, Minimal conflict, it seems like. Yeah, I know. I was a little bummed. Like, I got down to saying San Jose, and I was hoping I was going to see Sam do it, throw his hands up and get all mad, and it didn't happen. I mean, there's like 96 teams to choose from. I know, but uh, I'm usually very good at picking something that's going to make you mad, and it's one well, of we my can, highlights. We can get into, like, what we left on the board here in a second. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll true. I feel what... like we should have some honorable mentions, but Ben, yeah. uh, take it away. I'm going to close it out with the Fort Wayne tin caps. Um, and again... 
the story behind the Fort Wayne Tin Caps writ large is the Tin Cap um, and the mascot Johnny, who wears a tin cap. That's a reference to Johnny Appleseed, who uh, for part of his peripatetic life lived in in and around the Fort Wayne area, you know, an ecological ecological warrior, uh, planting trees, respecting the earth. And so now this uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps, who've always modeled themselves after Johnny Appleseed, who probably never actually wore a tin cap, but he was portrayed that way in a long ago Disney production and that kind of stereotype stuck. But now as a Marvel character, we have Johnny Tin Cap, Johnny Appleseed, you know, looking like a real superhero wielding the cap, not on it, not wearing it as a hat like he usually does, but kind of wielding it like a weapon. And he has an apple um, like silver medallion on his chest. So you know, now you have Johnny Appleseed. Now he's not just like walking around planting trees. He's uh, looking for anyone disrespecting the earth, disrespecting the land, and uh, there will be hell to pay. And we need him us. now more than ever. Yeah, we really do need yeah. uh, Johnny Appleseed. So, um, yeah, a super heroic Fort Wayne Tin Caps Johnny Appleseed. I have to go with that just because he's a real life character who's kind of turned into myth over the ensuing you know couple hundred hundred fifty years. And now to see that go even further into myth and superhero status is, I mean, what a life. Johnny Appleseed? I mean, I guess if he had that last name, it was kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. He turned That out is true. Be. I mean, hey. It's a good point. But anyway. Yeah, if your last name is Appleseed, there are only so many career paths for you. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, he could have been like a guy who made cider. That, that would be his modern day career. He would wear a hat like I'm wearing right now. Like he'd be very hipstery and he would, uh, you know, he'd have a, a cider cidery i don't know what do they call it <laughs> it's a cidery yeah <laughs> i think yeah i think they are called cidery yes well that's pretty good i think we got 15 very good logo do you guys have any like honorable mentions i have a couple honorable mentions that i want to point out because i think so many teams did such a good job with this yeah you, you go first tyler okay i really i think that uh the lake elsinore storm I think did a fantastic job with theirs. Lake Elsinore's um it looks more like something that you would have seen uh like in the Assassin's Creed games. Um but they kept the uh the eyes somewhat that you, you know, that you know and love uh from the Lake Elsinore Storm's primary logo, which is less of a quote unquote logo than uh I think the traditional definition of a logo is and yet it's probably the most recognizable uh in minor league baseball but like Elsinore's is fantastic it's sort of uh a mysterious head that's kind of wrapped in a, a hood or a shroud uh that is bright red the color of the Lake Elsinore storm I also think um I think the Memphis Redbirds did a really good job their their logo looks like uh just a Marvel superhero called Redbird you know what I mean like it's just a it's just a guy with like a a hood that looks like a, a cardinal on top of his noggin. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think like if you paired him up with Green Lantern and you were like, oh, this is Redbird. He's a new member of the Marvel Universe. Nobody would think that that was not already a thing that existed. So those two, there are a lot of really good ones, but those two I really like. Yeah, Memphis is giving me strong uh, Space Ghost vibes. Yeah, Space Ghost, coast to coast, along with Redbird. It wrote along with Redbird. Redbird fills in on Friday nights. Yeah, Space I like it. Cho chooses not to come in. Uh, the two I wanted to add to the list here, Montgomery, just because your name is the Biscuits. Like, there's only so much you can do with the Biscuits. But they have essentially an anteater mascot, as it is, Big Mo. Um, and our friend, Michael Clare, 
uh, tweeted out that this was his favorite. So I want to give Claire a shout out and, and thank you. Thank him for tweeting about the whole mill X Marvel partnership, but um, it, it, it's big Mo holding the biscuit, very menacing, like in that hero pose, like he just landed somehow he's like steadying himself, but also holding the biscuit. Like he's going to chuck at you. Yeah. Somehow like the biscuit, he's got a never ending supply of lethal biscuits that have yeah, been sitting a, around for too long. So they're hard enough that he can like throw them through you. It's a biscuit grenade or something like it's going to explode and butter's going to come out everywhere. I don't know, whatever you want to think about it, but it's it, when your name is the biscuits, there's only so much you can do that isn't very family friendly or like wholesome in some way. So this being even the slight, even slightly menacing, I think was, was really well done. And the other one was the Greensboro grasshoppers, which like immediately when you think of that and you think of Marvel, you think, okay, this is going to be pretty close to Ant-Man as much as it can be. And this is like a, I don't want to say photorealistic grasshopper, but it looks like an actual grasshopper. It's got the big orange eyes. Um, it's got a logo behind it. You could see this like on a patch or something, or, uh, you know, almost like somebody could become the grasshopper and that would be their helmet. Um, again, like grasshoppers don't sound that very menacing, but neither do ants <laughs> and Ant-Man works. And, and I think this works as kind of a offshoot of that. Uh, for Greensboro. So those are my two. Any others that were on your list, Ben? Well, I'm really happy with my team, so I don't really feel the need to, you know, uh, make anyone feel jealous by having gotten close to it and then left off in the end. But Ben uh, doesn't want to be tampering with any of these free agents. Yeah. And also, I'm in, a conference room. I'm in a conference room here, and uh, someone's, like, using an electric drill on the other side of the wall. So <laughs> it's getting a little uh, little dicey for me to it's, talk here. It's drill man. It is drill man. <laughs> It's the, it's, uh, you know, it's the Inland Empire 66ers alternate. Um, well, I think we got a very good uh, crew here. And again, you can go to MILB.com slash Marvel. Uh, you can also go to MILBstore.com. And that is where all of the merchandise is now available uh, for your favorite teams, minor league baseball and the Marvel Defenders of the Diamond series. Uh, I think this is some pretty good stuff. You all can get in touch. Podcast at MILB.com. Let us know what your picks would be. Um, but conveniently enough, all of this stuff is available for you to order right before the holidays. It's 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 pretty cool that way, the way they did it. Um, so I guess that's it for this yeah, week's episode. Real quick before we go, choose a leader for your team. The captain. I'm, I'm yeah. being led by the Lake County captain. That's yeah, a, you're, that makes that makes sense. Tyler, who you got? You know, I think, citizen. I think the logical pick for my team is the Sugarland Space Cowboy, but Bolt from the Winston-Salem Dash is so damn lovable. I just feel like Bolt, he steps in front of, you know, his enemies, and they, you know, he just uh, he warms your heart. You can't, Nobody's going to be mad at Bolt. He's adorable. I think bolt. I'm more into diplomacy and peace than I am into into fighting. So bolt. But if we go. need to, if we need to go for it, then uh, I got the space cowboy. All right. Well, here's the backstory on my team: uh, Las Vegas spruce <laughs> the goose and the Rocket City raccoon. Both want to be leader, but everybody knows who's the real leader. It's Mr. Baseball. Ah, uh, okay. I like Mr. It. Baseball is the even keeled. You know, takes charge but isn't afraid to delegate. He's the guy you trust in the yeah, big moments. He's he's the guy in in the middle there. Um, he always just wants to go out to a ball game. That's what I he like wants. It. That's that's what you want in a leader. So, uh, Mr. Baseball's leader of my squad. 
And on that note, I got to go read this Reno Gazette Journal story on whether or not Mr. Baseball has a body because it looks hilariously written. And I want to have been in on the pitch meeting for the uh, the journalist who said, like, all right, here's what I'm thinking for this week. <laughs> you know, I, I went out. I visited Mr. Baseball. In yeah. The outfield lair. And I went inside him. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like that was like a weird night. Yeah, but no, it's um, I have to dig out the pictures and look at it. But you could go because he's he's a huge baseball, and so um, man, all right, I need to go look at look at the blog post and try to re- remember what it was like. But um, see if there are just like some legs and a body dangling from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I started to talk, I realized my memories are quite vague. But I was out there spending time up close and personal with Mister Baseball in Reno and a couple years back and. It's a good memory, even if I can't remember it as well as I thought. <laughs> well, there is some great stuff. Head to MILB.com slash Marvel and uh, check out the Marvel Defenders of the Diamond series. Uh, fellas, and everybody tuned in, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Please travel safely. Um, I'm going to be working. Uh, I am uh, headed to. So I'm currently, uh, I surprised some family, came to a little beach town uh, in New Jersey where my family is spending Thanksgiving, but I actually have to leave on Tuesday, headed to New Orleans to call some college basketball uh, on Tuesday. So if you're super bored, you can tune into our game. We play at 4 Eastern time on Tuesday. Just throw it on during your Thanksgiving meal. People will be like, what? What is this? What is going on? Why is this guy yelling so much? Um, But for you dudes, enjoy Thanksgiving. Sam, stay healthy while running. Please don't fall. Don't do anything crazy. Uh, And Ben, enjoy the time uh, with the family. Give Harry a big hug from all of us, even though I've never met him. And um, we'll we'll talk to you all next week. Again, uh, the thing that we are most thankful for on this episode is all of your support uh, for the last seven plus years. And uh, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the show before the show. For Sam and Ben and Josh, my name is Tyler. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next week.